Well, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I just love the um, children this morning. I love the whole theme. But this music has been fantastic and uh, it's uplifted me and I'm sure it's uplifted you. When I was a young boy, quite a long time ago now, Church on a Sunday morning was, was full on. Well, Sunday, I mean, it was, was full on. We used to go to church at 11 o'clock. We'd be there to, for, the, for the service. In those days, it was just an hour. There was a clock at the back of the church where the preacher could see it, so he didn't go beyond that. But halfway through, the young children went out to Christian Endeavour. And then later in the afternoon, we'd come back to Sunday school, two to three, and perhaps go off a little drive or something when we had those who had cars. And then we'd come back at church again at night, seven to eight. And then when you got a bit older, you'd go off to a sing song. And church was, uh, you know, uh, lovely for us, as it is today. Within Christian Endeavour, I first learnt to sing songs, choruses as they called them. They were those little things that you added into hymns and we used to sing things like in my heart there rings a melody of heavenly harmony I can see the older ones smiling <laughs> joy, 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 with joy my heart is ringing build on the rock, the rock that ever stands, build on the rock and not upon the sands but the one I loved most of all was this one I'm living on the mountain underneath the cloudless sky I'm drinking from the fountain that never shall run dry. Oh yes, I'm feasting on the manna of a bountiful supply. For I am dwelling in Beulah land. Now... I felt like, after I'd sung that, I felt like Jasper drawing last week. I didn't have a clue what it was about, but the joy of it got into my soul. And it was still there today. Mount Zion to the Jew was that place, the high spot in Jerusalem, where the temple was and where they went to meet the Lord. But to us who are Christians... Um, it has a spiritual reference and I just want to have a little, quick look at that. Now I'm forgetting to use this. So we go on. The, I'm living on the mountain underneath the cloud of the sky. That's the one I was just saying. In Hebrews 12.22 it says this. This, is, this author of Hebrews is saying, But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. A great place to come to, don't you think? The next line talked about drinking from the fountain, John 4.14 says, this was when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well and he said, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water 
welling up to eternal life. And then the next line says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Our blessed Jesus is the manna who has come down to us which we may partake of and eat and not die. Just go back a little bit. But the last line talks about Beulah land. Does anybody know what Beulah means? No one? Oh, Judy knows. I've been talking to her all week. So she knows what it is. Which is there? Married. So I'm really, you know, uh, this is Beulah land. Beulah land is married, the word married. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Describing a land as being married. It occurs in Isaiah 62. It's good for us to read, I think, because the Lord is saying something to the Jews here, but he's also saying something, saying something to us who are in the spirit. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, my delight is in her. The word for that is Hepzibah. If you've heard speaking, speaking to someone yesterday and they know someone called Hepzibah. And your land, Beulah, for the Lord delights in you and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Fantastic promise to the Jews. But for us in the spiritual sense, a wonderful statement. It sort of gives you a, it's a marvellous place, this place. It sort of speaks of a place where there's peace, where there's joy and where love prevails. And it's a place that you and I can live in by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the precious love of Jesus. It's a place which can be both individual and it's a place that can be communal. And that's my emphasis today, that as a church we can occupy that place, on that high ground on the mountain. Uh, and it's a, it's a place which follows us. It's not set boundaries. We went and saw Anita yesterday down at Paris Creek. Hills Christian Family Centre is down at Paris Creek in the, in the heart and mind of Anita. David just told me that, David Smith told me he just got back from Jerusalem. When he was in Jerusalem, there was the Hills Christian Family Centre uh, there. And I think Anthony and, uh, and uh, Christy Moore this morning are off having a, a, it's a baptism, isn't it, Carol? They're not here, but Hills Christian Family Centre is there. Wherever you are, that place that we occupy as a, as a community of God 
is present. And that's the point that I want to, to get over to you. When I was uh, um, younger, I first met a friend of mine who had spent um, his early years, uh, part of his early years, in Pentridge Jail. He was an armed robber. And uh, he later, well, later went on to end up in Yatla. And there he was converted. He had a, um, a warden who used to take them out on tasks. And uh, he gave them on several occasions the opportunity either to do work or sit down and sing choruses. Quite often they chose the choruses. <laughs> but the thing that really uh, influenced uh, him was um, his wife wasn't able to drive a car. And the warden knew that. I don't know how, but he did. And he went to the wife, our friend's wife, and he taught her how to drive a car so that she wasn't um, housebound. Fantastic. That spoke to him. And later, as the, uh, the gospel was shared with him, he became a Christian. And Judy and I met him uh, a few years after he got out of Yatla, uh, in Fresh from the Lord, and he became uh, quite a, uh, well, uh, an amazing sort of evangelist for the Lord in those years. Um, he used to say, shortly after that, he used to come up to our place and he used to at Coromandel Valley. And um, he also, on a number of occasions, brought up some ex-inmates who had come as well. And he said to me, David, he said, you don't realise how much a stable family situation and uh, amongst people who love and care for each other means to someone like me and my fellow inmates. He says it gives us hope. So it's a very important witness, the life of Christ functioning on a day-to-day basis within the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, Jesus wants us to live day by day in Beulah land so so that our joy... And the source source of that joy is known. And we have a bridegroom. His name is Jesus. He is preparing the bride, the church, to present to his father. And one day the union will be fully consummated. But in the meantime, he is calling us to live in the fullness of what he has done. So the question is, how do we do that? In the Gospel of John, uh, chapters 13 to chapter 17, after Jesus had um, washed the feet of the disciples, um, spoken to Judas Iscariot, revealed that he was going to... um, What's the word? Betray. Betray, exactly. Betray him. He began to talk to the apostles and I reckon that seeing he knew that he was going to die the next day, um, that what he had to say was pretty important. So these are just a few verses from that time with the apostles. 
Look, look this way. John 13, 34, 35. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So, must, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Pretty powerful. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this shall everyone know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In John 14, he says, uh, repeats three times, then again in John 15, this sort of statement. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Fantastic promise. John 14, 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them, this is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Fantastic. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Amazing. The great creator will come and make his home with us. When, I was, when we were standing there earlier on, uh, I looked out of the door and our little youngest grandchild, uh, Jacob, was standing there and we waved to him and uh, he got so excited he pulled his jumper up and he shared up and tickled his tummy. <laughs> That's what that makes me feel like doing. Fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> I went to. <laughs> John 15, 9 to 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Jesus, that word command is in tole. It has another meaning. Well, it has a, a, an enlargement of that meaning and it is the meaning, meaning precept. These commands we're talking about here are not do this or else. These, these statements are rules for life. These, these statements, these rules, have beautiful outcomes. So if we do them, we'll have joy. If we don't do them, you can be sure you'll have misery. But if you have do them, you'll have joy. And that joy will be complete and full. Four times... Jesus says that in that short passage, in that short discourse, if you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love. <coughs> These precepts are not works. These precepts are things we love to do because the, fun the result of them 
are beautiful and life-supporting and life-enjoying. And finally, in uh, John 15, 17, he says it very short, this is my command, love each other. In chapter 16, Jesus talks about other things to comfort the disciples because he's going. And in chapter 17, he prays for the apostles and he also prays for us. And he says this, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. There's no half measures in Jesus. He wants us to be in complete unity. Just like he and the Father. That's an incredible unity, I'd imagine. And he suggests it's possible. He wants us to seek for it, to look for it, to hunger for it, to believe for it. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Over the years, the churches and all their forms and all their names and everything else have brought such disservice on the Lord. Humanity revealing itself. But you and I, in this body of Christ, have an opportunity to love one another and show the world that Jesus is Lord and uh, we can enter into that know the joy of that and the thrill of that. There's something in the old King James version of the scripture, the word cleave is used twice to my knowledge and once is in relation to Adam and Eve or husband and wife, that you'll cleave to one another, that they will cleave to one another. That's a fairly, fairly strong word in regard to intimacy. The other time it's used is in regard to Jesus and the, and the body and the church, that the church might cleave to Jesus. Church, we have a bridegroom to cleave to. Let us love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind and all our strength by keeping his precepts of loving each other so that our joy may be full and the world will know that Jesus is Lord. Back in the 70s, 1970s, Juan Carlos Ortiz, who was an evangelist in Argentina, got up before this church, his church, and he said, love one another. And then he went and sat down. <coughs> the congregation, not quite sure what's going on, didn't do anything. They sat there and looked. And then John Carlos got up again shortly after and he says, love one another. And he sat down again. As far as I know, I still didn't do anything. So he got up again, he said, love one another. And he went and sat down. About that time, someone in the church began to realise that's what he was saying, love one another. So they began to minister to the person next to them. And little by little, apparently, uh, everybody began to minister to one another, one another, get to know one another, 
and uh, I don't know what that old term result of it all was, but it was a wonderful thing. I'm not going to ask you to do that now. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> At the end of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, uh, we hear the Great Commission, what with churches termed the Great Commission, to go into all the world, etc., etc. That is a wonderful commission. But for me, the greatest commission is keep my precepts and love one another so that the world may know. The world is not going to know very much if we can't demonstrate the love of Christ either within our own fellowship and body. Now, praise God, I'm just delighted when I see all the acts of love that go on in our fellowship. Beautiful. And it's very encouraging to me. And particularly, I feel that there's an expectation at the moment, a realisation that there is this need to love one another, to recognise the body of Christ. I can tell you, as we need the body of Christ. We need every person in the body of Christ because the spirit functions through the body of Christ. And so we need one another. And we need to let, find ways to live that, for that to be given expression. We see this principle in action in the early church and um, shortly after the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we read in Acts 2, 42-47, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and, the, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe, I, that's fantastic, isn't it? And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. Dear friends, we are called to the mountaintop to drink from the fountain of life, to eat from the bread of life and to love, to love each other in response to our love for Jesus so that the world might know. Ronnie, Yes, Ronnie, you. <laughs> Some weeks ago when we had a prayer meeting, she had a, this understanding of us all standing together holding hands. That's a nice, nice little thought of unity. And then she saw others coming in and we opened up our hands and let other people come in and join in the hands. Uh, what a lovely thought and what a lovely image. Um, for us as a body of Christ, uh, to be ready to embrace the world in our love. Well, it all starts with Jesus, and it all starts with our love for Jesus. So, do you love him that much? Hey, Kathy, do you love Jesus? Yes, I love Jesus. Are you sure you love Jesus? Yes. Then why do you love Jesus? I'll tell you why I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Yes, I love him 
Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Yes, I love him. This is why I love him. Yes, I love him. This is why I love him. Hey, church, do you love Jesus? Yes, we love Jesus. Are you sure you love Jesus? Yes, we love Jesus. Tell me, why do you love Jesus? Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me, yes, I love him, this is why I love him. We're not going to ask anybody else. <laughs> My daughter said to me last night, you're not going to do that, Dad. She said, I, I trembled every time I heard that. <laughs> Someone sort of suddenly asked me to do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, in Ephesians, Paul talks about growing into the full stature of Jesus Christ. Talks about the ministries in the body and us all get, working together in love to come into that full stature. He didn't have any doubts about that's where we're called. We're called to live on the mountaintop. And uh, in, the, in, the, in the midst of the noise of strife and all the things we hear in our daily life, let us cultivate the living where we drink from the fountain of the Holy Spirit, we feed on the body of Jesus Christ. He, Jesus said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, gruesome sort of sounding thing, but we know what it means unless we take him on board fully and make him a part of our being. Uh, and if we do, he and our Father will come and make that his dwelling with us. And as a community of love, we will grow and people will know that Jesus is Lord and they will come into the joy and the fullest expression of joy. Let's do it. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to know about love, I'm not going to talk about that today, but, but, but how to love, you can read about it in 1 Corinthians 13, verses what? 4 to 8. Love is kind, love is patient, etc. Or you can go to Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, which is a fabulous statement and sometimes hard to take into yourself. Love your enemies, etc. But there you'll find it. But what it is to be, to, to be loving, to love one another, it's not the passionate love of the, of the movies or even the filial love of brotherly friendship. It's a love beyond that. It's a love which lays down its life for one another. And we're going to talk and we're going to share that together now in our communion together. And I'd like to ask the stewards to come down, the musicians. Thank you, musicians, for your lovely leading us earlier on.
and um, <coughs> we just want to share this uh, time together in communion. I don't know whether you uh, recognise it, but when Paul spoke about the time when Jesus, um, Paul spoke about the time of the crucifixion, uh, of the Last Supper, when Jesus took the bread and the wine, Paul talks about it, you can read about it in Corinthians, and he's dealing with a problem that the Corinthians had. The Corinthians used to come and uh, get together and some would have food to eat and others wouldn't have anything. And so people were gormandising themselves while others were were going hungry. And um, in the midst of that, Paul says, you know, is this what it's about? Don't you remember that on the night of the crucifixion Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And the cup and took the drink, this is my blood which was shed for you. Do this from remembrance of me. And we remember it because we just are so grateful for the life laid down that Jesus did for us. But he's saying, Paul is saying something else here. He is saying we are the body of Christ. We are to be broken for one another. We are to bleed for one another. We are to be what the body of Christ is, which is to love one another with our whole being. So when we come to communion, don't just remember, well, not just, (laughs) bad word. Remember that Christ died for us, but also remember that he did it and that, that we might be people who lay our lives down for other people. That's not a hard thing. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because it's joy. And uh, so let's gather now and uh, share this together. I was going to do a little song, but my wife said, you're David, you're too much. (laughs) I'll tell you the words though. It's, let's all get together in communion suite, walk, walk in the light. Let's love one another till the saviour we meet, walk, walk in the light. Shall we be upstanding and thank you. This is the bread of life broken for us. Eat it and let it become part of your being, Jesus Christ. This is the blood of Jesus shed for us. May it give us life abundantly In Jesus' name, amen.